On September the 16th, 1994, a truly extraordinary event unfolded outside Rua, Zimbabwe. It was a sighting that saw no less than 62 pupils at the aerial school, whose ages ranged between 6 and 12, bear witness to one or more silver craft descending from the sky and landing in a field near their school. What happened next was as terrifying as it was otherworldly. One or more entities, shrouded entirely in black, approached the children and proceeded to communicate with them telepathically. The message, which had an environmental theme, was enough to cause the children to cry and to instill them with a sense of sheer terror. It is often the case that encounters with unidentified flying objects are dismissed on account of there being only one or two witnesses. But what happens when such events involve a far greater number of people? Today we present one such incident. The Aerial School Encounter. Experience a captivating journey into the unknown with As Yet Unexplained, a podcast series that uncovers the perplexing, the mysterious and the unexplained. Our exploration of the paranormal and inexplicable offers fresh perspectives on the world around us. We thoroughly investigate secrets that continue to elude explanation. Join us for an immersive experience as we navigate the unexplored terrain of the unexplained. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please help us by sharing your valuable insights with others. Like, subscribe or leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is important to us and helps us to expand and improve our content. Thank you for your continued dedication. Please note that this podcast contains contents that may be unsettling for some listeners, including portrayals and conversations that could provoke unease. We take great care to deliver these narratives with caution and empathy, and we advise listeners to proceed with care if any aspect of the contents is distressing. Thank you for your understanding. The Day Before Nestled in the heart of Zimbabwe lies the unremarkable town of Rua, a featureless settlement that would appear to have little to distinguish it from any other town in the country. However, one fateful morning in September of 1994, the town was thrust into the spotlight 
when a remarkable event is believed to have taken place. Approximately 22 miles southeast of the Zimbabwean capital of Harare, Rua is home to roughly 20,000 inhabitants and sits on one of the country's main roads and rail routes. Situated amidst the rolling hills in Zimbabwe's landscape, the town is surrounded by the verdant beauty of the African countryside. Just two days before the infamous aerial school incident, Zimbabwe was rampant with a wave of UFO mania, fueled by reports of a blazing fireball hurtling through the night sky. While many witnesses initially interpreted it as a mere comet or meteor, the bizarre accounts of glowing fireballs zigzagging through the air at breakneck speed, performing impossible twists and turns, and then disappearing out of sight, had sparked a media frenzy surrounding UFO sightings in Zimbabwe. On the day of the aerial school encounter, Colin Mackey found himself in his stuffy office, eagerly anticipating the arrival of the rest of the teaching staff to join the meeting. As he poured himself another cup of coffee, he glanced down at the newspaper on his desk, which was saturated with sensational headlines reporting mysterious sightings of unidentified flying objects above Zimbabwe. Despite sceptic Brian Dunning's claims that the fiery phenomena was nothing more than the re-entry of the Zenit 2 rocket from the Cosmos 2290 satellite launch, local UFO researcher Cynthia Hind recorded otherworldly sightings at this time, including a daylight sighting by a young boy and his mother, as well as a report of strange alien beings on a deserted road by a trucker. Witnesses describe seeing brilliantly glowing fireballs darting across the sky at breakneck speeds, making impossible twists and turns, and then rapidly vanishing out of sight. Prior to the incident at the aerial school, the Zimbabwean media had been extensively reporting on a series of nocturnal UFO sightings above Harare. These sightings were described as glowing fireballs passing through the night skies and had caused a wave of UFO mania in Zimbabwe itself, resulting in a media frenzy surrounding the sightings. The alleged incident at the aerial school occurred amidst the backdrop of this heightened excitement and curiosity. The reports of UFO sightings in Zimbabwe just two days prior to the aerial school incident suggested a heightened sense of excitement and anticipation surrounding the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Following this, the encounter at the aerial school only served to add fuel to the belief in UFO sightings in the region. The subsequent events seemed to have contributed to an almost palpable atmosphere of wonder and intrigue, as people eagerly speculated about the possibility of visitors from beyond our planet. The Incident The Aerial School, a private elementary institution situated on the outskirts of Rua, was home to around 90 students, aged between 5 and 12 years old, during the 1994 UFO incident. During a mid-morning break, 
the school children were playing outside. The adult faculty were unfortunately occupied with a meeting inside the school. Colin Mackey avidly listened to the snippets of conversations that were taking place as his fellow teachers sauntered into the room. During a discussion with one of the teachers, a growing commotion outside caught their attention. The noise progressively intensified, becoming a cacophony of screams and wails. It was evident that something was terribly wrong, prompting the teachers to immediately rush outside to investigate the cause of the children's distress. The entire incident stretched for about 15 minutes. The scene that unfurled was akin to something straight out of a science fiction movie. Almost half of the pupils had wandered beyond the boundaries of the playground and were congregating around the periphery of a nearby patch of scrubland. All of them were visibly agitated, with some having crumpled to the ground, while others were weeping uncontrollably. Several of the younger children claimed that they had encountered Takoshi, malevolent spirits from local folklore, but the other children had a very different story to tell. When the children returned to class, they recounted their extraordinary experience to their teachers, only to be dismissed and their story disregarded. However, their determined conviction led them to tell their parents when they returned home, and many of the parents visited the school the following day to discuss the incident with the faculty. ZBC Radio reported the sighting, and Cynthia Hind learned of it from there. BBC's correspondent in Zimbabwe, Tim Leach, visited the school on September the 19th to film interviews with pupils and staff. After investigating the incident, Leach claimed that I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this. On September the 20th, 1994, Hind interviewed some of the children and asked them to draw pictures of what they had witnessed. She reported that the children consistently told her the same story, a testament to the profound impression of the sighting had left on them. This thing, object, landed with the three or four things beside it, and then a door opened, and this little man got out a hat on a black suit. During November, John Mack, a professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, paid a visit to the aerial school to interview witnesses regarding the UFO sighting. Throughout the 1990s, Mack had taken a keen interest in investigating UFO sightings and had a particular fascination with the alien abduction phenomenon. In May 1994, the dean of Harvard Medical School, Daniel C. Tostson, appointed a committee of peers to confidentially review Mack's clinical care and clinical investigation of the people who had shared their alien encounters with him. Some of the cases were written about in Mack's 1994 book, Abduction. The issue at hand was that Mack had communicated to these people that their experience may have been real. After 14 months, Harvard issued a statement that reaffirmed Dr. Mack's academic freedom to study what he wishes and to state his opinions without impediment. Haley, uh, something scared you, is that right? Is yes. You, what, what scared you? The noise. What noise? 
the noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was blowing a flute. And that scared you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what did you do when, when you were afraid? Um, I ran away from it. Mm-hmm. According to interviews of Hind, Leach and Mac, 62 children between the ages of 6 and 12 claimed to have witnessed at least one UFO. Dozens more children who were presented stated they had not seen any UFO or anything unusual. The basic details of the sightings were quite consistent. One or more silver objects, usually described as discs, appeared in the sky. Then they floated down to a field of brush and a small trees just outside school property. On the morning of Friday, September the 16th, the teaching staff were gathered for a meeting inside the main school building, leaving the 62 children who had come that day to play outside under supervision. The youngsters were frolicking about in the blazing sun when they suddenly became aware of three silver balls hovering in the sky above the schoolyard. The majority of children stopped to watch these objects, which would suddenly disappear in a flash of red light, before reappearing several metres away. With each successive disappearance and reappearance, the objects gradually descended closer and closer to the ground, causing some of the younger children to feel uneasy. Sensing the unease in their spectators, two of the objects began to rise back to their original position, while the third continued towards the ground. The silver orb followed a path along the electricity pylons, running parallel to the school's perimeter fence, before descending into a cluster of gum trees located roughly 300 feet from the playground. This area was strictly off-limits to the children, as it was home to a variety of poisonous snakes and spiders. However, a deputation of pupils promptly set off to investigate what the mysterious object could be. As the young students gathered around, they witnessed a strange and mysterious craft hovering in the distance. Suddenly, between one and four creatures with large, dark eyes emerged from the craft, dressed entirely in black. The children watched in awe as the entities approached them, but fear quickly set in as many of the children ran away. Within the confines of the primary school's main building, several students had located the school's dinner lady, the sole adult not engaged in the staff meeting. She had been preoccupied with managing the break time tuck shop, yet the dinner lady suspected their reports were a distraction from their true intentions. She believed some of them sought to pilfer sweets while others refused to accompany their peers outside. Then, to the surprise of the children, the figure emerged from the top of the hovering craft. The children were taken aback, as they had not seen any door or hatchway open. The figure was small, only about three or four feet tall, and was dressed in a shiny, tight-fitting suit. Descriptions of the figure varied somewhat from child to child, but most agreed that the being had elongated arms and legs, oversized black eyes, and a head shaped like a rugby ball. 
Some witnesses described the figure as having a thin neck, while others claimed that it had black hair that fell down to its shoulders, or was wearing a hood. But the experience is still fresh in your mind, is that right? Okay. Um, what were you doing at the time? Well, I was playing at, in the playground, and then we just we saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the log, to the logs, and we saw a silver, silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it. And what did he look like? Well, he had big eyes that like pointed. Pointed big eyes. Can you, maybe you could just draw the head. What, what, do you like to draw? Okay, put your chair out a little bit. Well, what, these are what? What are you drawing here? The eyes. The eyes, okay. And I couldn't see his nose and his mouth, but his nose was pretty small. So the eyes were large, is that right? Yes. Did you look into the eyes? I mean, could you make, did you have a sense that you were... No, all we saw was his eyes, they were black. Black, but like, were they looking at you, or you were at, at, uh, at him? It seemed that he was looking at all of us. The entity floated down the side of the orb until it landed on the ground below and began to walk around as if inspecting the rough terrain. Then, to the shock of the children, a second figure suddenly appeared at the top of the craft. The younger witnesses were so terrified that they ran screaming back to the school building to fetch help. As the UFO approached, some of the older pupils fled in fear, while the others stayed behind to observe this approach. The creature, seemingly aware of the commotion it had caused, then moved towards the waiting children. Its emotionless eyes surveyed them, and a feeling of despair and hopelessness washed over the youngsters. Some even reported having visions of a dystopian future, with the world decaying and dying around them. The voice in their heads warned them of a perilous and false reality, leaving them shaken and disturbed. During the aerial school UFO incident, the children claimed that the extraterrestrial entity communicated with them telepathically, relaying an environmental warning before returning to its spacecraft and then disappearing into the sky. According to Mac's interviews, the children described a small humanoid being who had visited them to impart this message. When the headmaster arrived on the scene, he was met with a group of crying children who had witnessed the event. Despite his initial scepticism, he soon realised that something extraordinary had taken place. As he comforted the children and scanned the sky for any signs of an entity or the spacecraft, he collected a group of older pupils and asked them to draw what they had witnessed. During Mackey's interviews, a fifth grader divulged being forewarned of an approaching event, while simultaneously emphasising that pollution mustn't be. Meanwhile, an 11-year-old girl expressed her belief that extraterrestrial beings sought to raise awareness of humanity's detrimental impact on the environment, urging caution against excessive technological advancement. In a similar vein, one child lamented the impending end of the world, attributing it to humanity's failure to care for the planet.
experience? No. no. And did, how did those thoughts come to you? Did they come to you from the craft or from... From the man. The man. And the man, did the man say those things to you? Uh, how did he get that across to you? Well, he never said anything. It's just that the face is the eyes. As the children looked on, the floating craft remained stationary, while a whispering voice seemingly from nowhere filled their heads with dark and ominous messages, warning them of the dangers that they were in and painting a bleak picture of their future. The figure standing before them remained silent, yet somehow able to convey its thoughts and images directly into the children's minds. After several minutes, the entity turned away and floated back up into the waiting orb. With a final burst of red light, the object shot up into the sky at a tremendous speed, disappearing from sight. The children were insistent that what they had witnessed was not a plane. It is worth noting that the children's different cultural backgrounds led to varying interpretations of the event. Not all of them believed that they had encountered extraterrestrial beings, with some suggesting the short, otherworldly creatures were Tikaloshes, creatures from Shona and Nabil folklore. Tikaloshes were supernatural creatures. They are said to be small, mischievous creatures that can shapeshift and cause trouble for people. In some stories, they are said to be responsible for abductions or disappearances. However, it is important to note that there is no direct connection between Tikaloshes and the aerial school incident. As the teachers finally emerged from their meeting to investigate the commotion, they found no trace of the silver craft that had caused such a stir. Whether in the skies or on the ground where it had landed, the UFO had vanished into thin air. Recognising the gravity of the situation, Colin Mackey hastily engaged the wide-eyed children to sketch the beings they had encountered. A total of 35 vivid illustrations were produced, depicting the enigmatic entities and their orb-shaped vehicle. Have you, have you ever seen a UFO? Ever? I never have, no. I didn't see anything over there. No nose? You didn't see a nose? No. I just... my heart kind of went faster and then slower and then faster and then slower. Mm -hmm. All at the same time. Now, was that... that was excitement and... Yeah, excitement yeah. and scariness. And scary. And ha well, you said happy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Happy because... Because... I saw something strange and something peculiar and something nobody had ever seen. Aftermath. During the aerial school UFO incident, the children's witness accounts were laid out as proof that they were not lying about their encounter. 
this extraordinary event quickly became one of the most famous UFO cases in Africa and have been described as one of the most significant events in UFO history. UFOlogists continue to point to this case as providing compelling evidence of extraterrestrial visits to Earth. However, skeptics have dismissed the incident as one of mass hysteria, or even a prank. Despite the controversy, this extraordinary encounter remains a fascinating and thought-provoking case study that continues to captivate and intrigue people around the world. Over the decades that have elapsed since the incident, it has become increasingly arduous to locate any of the children involved. The vast majority have long since departed Zimbabwe to settle on foreign shores, while many others have perished as a result of the country's ongoing civil strife. However, the few who have been situated have steadfastly maintained the veracity of their account, with increasing apprehension that the warnings issued by the extraterrestrial entities have been disregarded. In the aftermath of the event, an array of distinguished new phonologists, linguists who have studied the sound systems of languages, flocked to the aerial school to scrutinise the encounter. Though the inspection of the purported landing site and the use of Geiger counters yielded no tangible evidence, interviews with 12 of the young witnesses left investigators unequivocally convinced that the incident had indeed unfolded exactly as it had been reported. The testimony of the children involved in the aerial school incident was highly compelling due to the fact that they came from diverse backgrounds, yet shared an almost identical account of what happened. This consistency was viewed as a key indication that the story was not fabricated. Moreover, the initial observations of the teachers during the drawing exercise, which was supervised by Dr Mackey, further added to the apparent authenticity of the witness accounts. It is worth noting that many of the children who were interviewed had no prior knowledge of UFOs or extraterrestrial beings. These individuals hailed from impoverished backgrounds and believed that the entity which they had drawn had described to the investigators could have been some sort of spiritual creature or demon. Days following the incident, media outlets reported that Peer House School's witnesses corroborated the aerial school students' accounts, leading further credibility to the sighting. In subsequent years, the testimonies of other alleged alien abductees have revealed striking similarities to the aerial school encounter, such as extraterrestrial beings communicating telepathically with humans. A small number of witnesses even claim to have received warnings from these beings about humanity's future. Additionally, there have been other instances where UFOs have allegedly visited educational institutions. The people in Africa don't have television. They might have a radio, but I can tell you the media don't deal with UFOs there. But nervous of So where would they pick it up? Is it a mass uh, telepathy? In December 2020, Brian Dunning dedicated an episode of his Skeptoid podcast to the aerial school UFO incident. In this episode, he challenged the commonly held belief that as rural schoolchildren in Zimbabwe, 
the witnesses would not have been familiar with the concept of UFOs and alien visitors due to the lack of exposure of modern media. Dunning also criticised the interviewing methods of John Mack and Cynthia Hind. Hind interviewed the children in groups with every other child allowed to listen, leading to cross-contamination of their stories. Mack, a known environmentalist, reportedly prompted and suggested the telepathic communication angle, which was not present in Hind's original report. Ultimately, Dunning's critique serves to emphasise the importance of proper research methodology, especially when dealing with sensitive and extraordinary claims, such as those made by the children of the aerial school. You said that uh, you saw two, um, what would you call them? Um, aliens. Aliens, you call them. Uh, and, and where were the aliens in relation to the, uh, to the craft? I saw one over here, and I saw one, one of these men by, by the spaceship. Looks like it was gardening by the big spaceship, and there was another one running, mm -hmm. running in the grass. And how did he run compared to, say, where a kid would run? He ran normally like us, but bouncy, as if a human would run on the moon. You mean the as if there were less gravity, seemed light, is it? Yes, but not, not as much as a human on the moon. Not that extreme. Mm -hmm. When he ran his distance, he stopped, and he looked at us for a while. And then he ran back again. According to the accounts of multiple witnesses, a number of whom maintain the validity of their reports, the extraterrestrial beings observed during the aerial school incident have left a lasting impact on those who experience the event. In 2014, the Mail and Guardian interviewed one such witness who confessed to sensing the creature's presence in the atmosphere and even fearing their potential return. Additionally, in 2016, a witness named Emily Trim shared a series of paintings that she described as a manifestation of the messages she received from the otherworldly entities encountered that day. More recently, in June of 2021, Barstool sports writer Zar recounted his own experience as a pupil in aerial school during the incident describing how he witnessed a luminous object descending from the sky, followed by the emergence of an alien life form. Other witnesses have also been interviewed over the years, with many expressing how the profound and surreal encounter had left an indelible mark upon their lives. The incident at Aerial School, as well as the Westall incident, demonstrate the importance of taking witness testimonies seriously and investigating them thoroughly. The testimonies of the children involved in the aerial school incident have been the subject of much scrutiny and analysis over the years. While some skeptics have dismissed the incident as mass hysteria or a prank, others have pointed to the consistency and detail of the witness accounts as evidence of its authenticity. The fact that the witnesses were children from diverse backgrounds who have had no prior knowledge of UFOs or extraterrestrial beings adds to the credibility of their testimonies. Despite the controversy surrounding the incident, it remains a fascinating case study that continues to captivate and intrigue people around the world. The lasting impact it has had on the witnesses, some of whom still maintain the validity of their reports, serves as a reminder 
that we should take witness testimonies seriously and approach them with open minds and rigorous investigation. The aerial school incident also highlights the need for further research into the phenomenon of UFO sightings and encounters. As technology advances and our understanding of the universe expands, it is possible that we may one day uncover concrete evidence of extraterrestrial life. Until then, incidents like the aerial school UFO encounter offer a tantalising glimpse into the unknown and remind us to keep an open mind and a sense of wonder about the mysteries of the universe. Thank you for your support and feedback. We appreciate your engagement and are always looking for new ideas and suggestions for future episodes. You can find links to our social media accounts and email address in our bio. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with your thoughts. Your input is crucial and our continued success in our ability to deliver content that connects with our audience. Thanks for being a part of our community and helping us to achieve our goals. We prioritise making our podcast available to everyone. To reflect this, we offer all previous episodes on major platforms and our website for free. Additionally, listeners can listen to the music composed exclusively for the podcast in its entirety on Bandcamp, without any charges. Our goal is to ensure that listeners can enjoy our podcast easily and conveniently with a seamless and uninterrupted listening experience. Next week, we will be looking at The Green Children of Woolpit, a medieval folktale about two siblings with green skin and an unknown language who were found in the village of Woolpit, Suffolk, England. Thanks for listening. The Occultaria of Albion investigates and explores a world that many believe does not exist. A world of the uncanny, where man's most ancient fears are allowed to run freely. It is not to be found in some faraway mystical land. This world is beneath your feet, at the shopping centre, across the road, and around the corner from where you live. Discover the world of the Occultaria of Albion, paranormal publications and podcasts. Go to 
occultariaofalbion.co.uk to discover more.